Good afternoon, evening, or I guess morning should have been the one I said first, but <laughs> that's just how it is. Um, this podcast is probably going to be posted on YouTube or SoundCloud, and it's pretty much only made for one person, but this is the only convenient way to get it to them. So if you're listening to this and your name isn't... I probably shouldn't dox them, but... (laughs) If you're reading this and you're not the person who you know this is made for, this is just a podcast that I have decided to record for my girlfriend because I told her I was going to write a bunch of voice messages and tell her about all my favorite stuff just to give her some background noise. But, um... Yeah... The impetus for for this one specifically was wanting to talk about my favorite album. Now, the problem with that is that I can't really determine what my favorite album is because every time I think I've thought of one, there's some reason or some other album that pops up which which contradicts that. And so what I've decided to do is kind of start from the beginning of my my history listening to music in an album format, which is relatively new. I've, I've only been listening to albums since I was about... 13 or 14 and I'm going to start around there at the very beginning and uh, talk in this episode about my probably my first favorite album which is (laughs) uh, Welcome to the Black Parade by by My Chemical Romance now just some prefacing words on this uh, discussion of the album I don't like this album anymore (laughs) Listening to this album again for this podcast, I learned that it was bad. <laughs> this album is pretty bad, and at some points it was actually genuinely hard to listen to. Not because it was just like cringy, edgy stuff that I remember really liking, even though it's bad, which is a lot of this, a lot of the experience of this album, but also because some of it is just really bland. And so. In the, in the theme of where we're going here in chronological order, we'll start at the very beginning. I'm going to go th- song by song through the whole album and just give all my thoughts on each one. And then probably, you know, have a little synthesis of a view of the whole album at the very end. So the first song on this album is uh, The End, which right away is a pretty etchy t- title because like, haha, it's the end, even though it's the first song on the album. And, uh, <laughs> the, you come into contact, obviously, uh, very soon on this album with the absolute worst part about the entire album consistently through the whole thing, which is Gerard Way's vocals. Gerard Way, of course, is the, the main vocalist of My Chemical Romance, and he should not be that because he's really fucking bad at singing. And you'll, you'll probably hear me say it many times through this, but the vocals are, are complete garbage. Another thing that I came into contact pretty quickly is that the instrumentals in this album is actually pretty okay, which in revisiting My Chemical Romance one time before, a few months ago, I realized was the case, is that Gerard Way cannot sing, and the the people who he's holding back are all of his instrumentalists who are actually, for the most part, pretty decent musicians. And I'm sure if there were a, a fully instrumental edition of their discography, I would still listen to it from time to time, unironically, and not for the purpose of shitting on it in a podcast. But 
of all, it was really uh, generic and contrived the whole way through. Um, the The lyrics in the song kind of actually set uh, a, a, a tonal theme to the album, not musically, but more literarily, wherein the kind of things that are, you know, sung in the, the lyrics are, are relatively relatively consistently uh, used throughout the rest of the album, which I thought was pretty impressive for an album that's this immature, but I came to realize near the end of listening to it that it's kind of just because every song is about the same thing or a small set of topics that are just used in every single song. So while it's at least admirable for the first song in the album to set a bit of a tonal theme, it gets really old uh, <laughs> there was a, a a lyric in here that really resonated with me when I was younger and I really loved this album, which is, uh, when I grow up, I want to be nothing at all. And that was something that rung true to 13 year old me as he was struggling to, uh, not fail out of eighth grade. <laughs> the next song on this album is titled Dead. And you know this song is fucking hardcore because it's dead with an exclamation point. And it actually, if there wasn't a, a, a YouTube ad <laughs> uh, in between the, the first song and the second song, it would have actually been a, a decent transition. The song kind of just goes right from the end to dead pretty pretty smoothly in the sense that the chord progression is like still still active in it. And so I actually did appreciate that. This song starts out not terrible in its instrumentation, and I think that's only so because it just sounds exactly like a Green Day song. There's one thing I recalled about this song when I first found it when I was a kid. There was like a, this animated video that went with it that I remember really liking. I remember like how the animated video went more than I remember how the song went because, I don't know, it was just a good video. Um, spurned, you know, 13 to 14 year old me's uh, jam was this song. I listened to it all the time because there was a bunch of songs about like, or a bunch of lyrics about being like, sad and 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 wanting to stop existing and it, it it resonated with me because i was just like a really edgy little teenager especially when it came to like how bad i was at talking to girls because like i was at that point in my life where i was just like really starting to be interested in girls and i couldn't talk to them for shit and it, it made me feel terrible all the time and this song comforted me uh, very, very frequently. The song had a very, I keep saying very, the song had uh, a noticeable three-act structure, kind of, wherein the key changes twice throughout the song, which is also kind of impressive just from a storytelling perspective if the song actually was telling a story, but it isn't. And one thing that also kind of takes away from how good this way the song is structured is that a lot of the songs on the album are also structured this way for no real apparent reason other than that the song was probably too boring without it and the songs would all be like one minute long because none of them actually have any real substance uh <laughs> there's a, another line in here that resonated with a, a young spurned 13 year old me which is uh <laughs> if life ain't a joke, then why are we laughing? 
Uh, this was probably really big to me when I started hitting that nihilistic phase of my, my adolescence very early in. When I was like, man, I just hate, you know, having to live with a contrived sense of meaning from, from adult man. And <laughs> I got into this, you know, nihilistic apathy that I would assume a lot of people got into. I assume that not just because I did it, because a lot of the people I know also had a phase like that. And, uh, yeah, it, it resonated with me a lot because I was super duper edgy, much like the, the lyric from the, the last song, The End. So the next song is This Is How I Disappear, which... I, even though this used to be my favorite album, I hardly remember this song, and I think it's because the last song and the song after this used to be songs that I really, really liked, and so I probably skipped this one a lot to get from Dead to the next song, and never really listened too much to this one. Um, I actually started to remember it a bit, like a minute in, but again, it wasn't one of my favorite songs on the album, and so I was never, you know, I never picked up too much of it and kept it in my brain. Surprisingly in this one, unlike the last two, the instrumentation actually was as equally boring and generic as as the vocals were. And this <laughs> this ended up being another song that I I I jived with a bit when I was in an edgy young adolescent who was like trying desperately at all to to get any any girl I could talk to to like me. There's a it's, I th I think if I had a, a a girlfriend at this time in my life, I probably would have like uh, listened to this song constantly, thinking about her because the song is mostly just Gerard Way whining about how like if this hypothetical uh, person he's close to in the song left him, that would be how he disappears. <laughs> and so I I guess I was literally too lonely to relate much to this song as a kid. Um, at the end of the song, there's a, like a very heavy medley part. Uh, and I actually kind of liked it listening back to it because it, for the most part, just drowns out Gerard Way's voice. <laughs> the next song on this album is again, uh, one that I said I liked a lot. It was probably my, my favorite album or my favorite song on the album when I was listening to it, uh, when I was a kid, which is, uh, the sharpest lives. First of all, the vocals on this song are especially horrendous, and I vividly remember absolutely loving them as a kid. Uh, this song taught me the word loathe, like L-O-A-T-H-E, which I, I legendarily actually misused one time when I was 14 because I really liked this girl, and she, you know, for one of the first times in my life, a girl actually liked me, and uh, her mom did not like the fact that we were together and she made us break up and there was a lot of stress involved with that. And there's a, there's, there's a section in the song where, where Gerard Way says the word, he says, you're the one that I need and I'm the one that you loathe. And I thought that loathe was just a synonym for, for need, like, like to, to loathe someone was to have, was to have like a longing for them. And so when a lot of the drama was going down with this girl I was into when I was 14, I, I ended up telling her that I loathed her. <laughs> 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 
which ended up <laughs> not voting well. <laughs> uh, oh gosh, there's a, there's another line in here. Um, the sharpest lives are the deadliest to lead, which uh, when I was into this album gave me like this this strong pride in being really really edgy as I was and I, I thought it like validated me like yeah the fact that I'm listening to My Chemical Romance and I'm I'm really angry all the time you know that's something to be proud of because I'm I'm, I'm living on the edge the sharpest lives the deadliest to lead and <laughs> I I kind of you know uh, I guess you know this I'm trying to think of an example which would contradict this, but this this song might honestly have the edgiest lyrics I have ever heard in my life, and that goes for all the other songs on this album as well. Um, oh, there's another lyric in there that was just a, a sex joke. Gerard Way says, why don't you blow me? And then he pauses, a kiss before you go. I didn't get that at all as a kid, but... It's just like a, a very clear and very lame sex joke, which just kind of encapsulates the kind of audience of like edgy teenagers this was going for. But I was too much of a fucking loser to actually get it. And the song ends with a very recurring trend in the song, which is just like a big generic like third act, like full of bunch of epic shit and like guitars going wild and the, the drums aren't really doing anything still they're just in the background Gerard Way's yelling and then it gets really quiet at the end and it happens so many times through this album it's unbelievable so this next song on the album is uh encapsulated fairly well in the first note that I took which is all in capital letters this is edgy kid anthem yeehaw and that's because this is welcome to the black parade which is the the quintessential My Chemical Romance song, but also, you know, the the song in which the name is shared with the, the title of the album. And so, you know, it's kind of just like the most important one that's that's in the middle of the album. It's 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 that joke. Now <laughs> even though Sharpest Lives was my favorite, you know, song on the album when I was listening to it consistently as a kid, there was a... I didn't actually, this this was the first My Chemical Romance song I listened to, but I'd heard it before I ever knew what My Chemical Romance was. I actually discovered it in an even worse way than the album itself, which had to do with a little thing on the Nintendo DSi called Flipnote Hatena. Now, now Flipnote was this, uh, this app on the DSi where you could... Uh, you know, use the touchscreen and stylus to draw and, and animate little videos to to put them up on what was basically, you know, YouTube for these flip notes, these, these animations, and it was called Flipnote Hatena. And uh, it was an absolute cesspool of, like, cringy humor, because it was just in, like, like, 2011 through 2013, where everything was, like, impact font, rage comics, and, like, like the 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 awesome face, and uh, there <laughs> there was one flip note I listened to, or that I watched and listened to that had the first section of this song in it, and it was themed after uh, Naruto, and so you know I've got the the ultimate two word combination here in my notes, which just says Naruto flip notes, and 
I, I remember just being in love with that flip note and I could never find the song because I was too stupid to, to look up the lyrics. I was like, Oh man, I hope someday I hear that song and, and know what it is. But I, I, I never did until I discovered my chemical romance through, uh, I believe it was Pandora. And I heard a song that occurs later on this album, which I'll talk about. This probably has some of the least garbage vocals on the album just because it changes so much and Gerard Way doesn't actually, you know, uh, sing in the same style the whole way through. And so he's kind of able to, like, stretch his legs a bit and not strain his voice through the whole thing because he's always yelling. But the vocals are still pretty much garbage and this song just sounds like a bad, like, shonen anime opening. Like, maybe it's just because of Naruto flip notes, but I could really imagine this song playing to a bunch of Naruto clips at the beginning of an episode of Naruto. There's a really bad thematic juxtaposition that occurs in the lyrics because, first of all, this is one of the the most hilariously bad music videos I've ever seen. The whole thing is like super black and white except for specific parts, so you know it's not really a filter. It's just how they decided to, like, first of all, dress and, and, and light the thing. And so the editing just looks like complete trash. But um, this visual style does not go well with how optimistic the lyrics are. And even if they did decide to go with this visual style, there's a section in the song where the lyrics do get especially optimistic. And I feel like it would have benefited from actually changing its visual style. But it still has like this, this low light, low saturation, super duper you know, muddled visual style while it's giving lyrics about like carrying on and when you're broken and defeated, your, 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 your weary soul will, will continue marching on just a bunch of like, again, shonen anime OP bullshit. Uh, there's a bridge at, that's at the beginning of the song, not the be it's like halfway through the song and then like three quarters in near the end, which is takes on like the instrumentation dies down a bit and it's mostly just like a like a, a snare drums doing like a, a march tempo like a you know a cadence and it's just it's the the <laughs> it sounds the least bad but the vocals are kind of accentuated by it so it's not only the best part of the song but it's also kind of the cringiest part because you just have to like sit there and listen to Gerard Way sing like a complete you know, douchebag. It, it's again. This is one of the least terrible songs on the album, but it's still pretty terrible. It was really strange for me to believe that people actually still like listen to this song because it's so, it's so dated. This kind of like style of of emo rock music kind of, it died like ten years ago, and even though it died ten years, you know, it's okay to appreciate types of music that have that have died, but this. It was never really a very good type of music to start with. It was it was absolutely a fad. And, and the fact that people still appreciate the song and treat it like it has some kind of musical value just speaks to how much nostalgia people seem to have for it. And even though I have a lot of nostalgia for this song, it's definitely hard to let that nostalgia sway my opinion because listening to it now, it's really, really terrible. The next song is just another big, like, edge fest, as always. It's called I Don't Love You. Uh, it starts out with a, a noticeably bad uh, uh, panoramic, like, mixing. 
like the the guitar of the song starts only in the the right side of your ear if you're if you're wearing headphones of course and then it it comes in with the with the drums and the bass and the vocals and you know it starts playing in both ears which is kind of terrible because it's all playing in both ears at that point like if you think of something like a uh, uh, cooking up something good by Mac DeMarco, the way that was panoramically mixed in its final cut is the the guitar, the, the electric guitar is playing in in your right ear at the very beginning, and then the the bass and the stuff start to fill in in your left ear. But the 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 lead guitar is still, you know, completely in one side of the panorama, but it's not in this song. In this song, it, it plays in your right ear for a few seconds, and then it all comes in in both ears, and it just sounds terrible. This also has very, very sparse instrumentation throughout the whole song, and it definitely does not uh, lend itself any credence, because it really has just the worst of vocals on the whole album. I feel like Gerard Way was completely checked out for this one after Welcome to the Black Parade, like if you think of it like a live performance, I guess, if they were just going through the album, I mean, this is a, a complete departure to the kind of like uh, energy there was in previous songs in the album, and it starts to set a trend that a few other songs in the album share, that it just, it sounds garbage, because Gerard Way is not only still bad at singing, of course, but he also isn't really trying to be good either. There's a really bad lyric of this song where he says, take your gloves and get out, which doesn't make any sense. And it occurs right before he says like the main chorus line, which is, I don't love you like I did yesterday. It starts a trend in this album where everything just sounds super whiny and it's, it's terrible. Uh, Gerard Way, it gets so whiny to the point where it's self-aware of it, where Gerard Way literally starts making like crying noises and if you look in the video he's very clearly making like scream crying faces as well and so like i i guess it's self-aware for the first time in this album but that doesn't make it any better it's just kind of like dancing around in the with the knowledge that it has problems but not really doing anything to fix them uh there's a, a slow bridge here with a with the piano there's more of a synthesizer i guess and I feel like the, the panorama would have been better at this point. Like the, the kind of panorama that they did where it's just a solo and then everything came in together. Like it would have sounded way better at this point in the song. But now there's there's no panorama to be found. So it's like <laughs> the beginning of the song must have just been like the, the first time they ever discovered that you could do a panorama and like their 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 mixing software or whatever. And uh, the music video ends with like the most generic emo trope ever, which is uh, uh, it's just a close up on a person's face. And of course, it still has like the muddled black and white lighting that Welcome to the Black Parade had. And she has like a a single uh, black tear that that trails down her cheek. It's it's just the most generic looking emo thing I've ever seen. The next song on the album is House of Wolves which has a really good intro. They use a kind of uh, uh, lower drums, like some very like like Jungle Japes, Donkey Kong kind of drums that sound good. And then it just instantly gets squandered by the vocals. Gerard Way comes in and he's got his high-pitched whiny voice and any kind of, any kind of you know, bassy momentum the song has had is, is instantly just shattered, which 
is is bad because the the instrumentation is really consistently good but again it would honestly be more enjoyable if Gerard Way just wasn't singing this song also has really stupid lyrics like tell me i'm an angel take this to my grave which whatever this is uh is is never established i guess we're just supposed to assume that's the song house of wolves but it, it doesn't make any sense. This is also something I noticed just kind of funny, which I wrote in my notes is, whoa, he said fuck, which is is weird because I realized for such an edgy album, they really don't swear that much. And so even though it's obviously made for teenagers, like it's surprisingly clean through most of the album, except for this one specific instance where he uses the word fuck. <laughs> Another line right after this, tell me I'm a bad, 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 bad man which is repeated several times in the in the third section of this song. And it's just like, like you couldn't think of any better words than bad. You couldn't think of any way to, to string ideas together than just saying the word bad four times. Which eventually culminates into the dumbest part, which is at the very end where he's, he spells S-I-N-I-S-I-N, which I wondered why he was spelling it instead of saying it, but I realized how stupid it would have sounded to say sin I sin. It would have been even stupider than just, you know, spelling it letter by letter. So, I, yeah, good instrumentals. This song is just so fucking stupid, though. The next song is bad in a way that's very different from how most of the songs on this album is bad. It's called Cancer, which it has to do with having cancer, which to my knowledge, no member of My Chemical Romance has ever had. But Gerard Way still takes to, you know, narrating the song from his perspective of having cancer. Uh, it's just some generic sad piano in the beginning. And there's this really bad, like, like echoey effect on Gerard's voice, which it, it just sounds terrible. Like the song would be at least 30% better if you just took that effect off of his voice. But again, it's like another thing where they just discovered this effect and they were just putting it in because they could. There's some, some lyrics in here that, that seem kind of insensitive, like, baby, I'm just soggy from the chemo, which tells you that, like, he's literally just speaking from the perspective of someone who has cancer, which I, I feel like if I had cancer, I wouldn't be very appreciative of that, but maybe that's just me. There's <laughs> one specific thing about this that I enjoyed very ironically, which is in the chorus when he says, uh... Uh, but if you say, there's this little uh, uh, echo of his voice that says, uh, but if you say, and it just sounds like a really bad, like, Ben Fold song. Like, it sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like the soundtrack to Over the Hedge or something, which I just thought was hilarious because I, I don't know. I think Ben's, Ben Fold is just really funny and anything, it, it seems so ridiculously out of place in an album like this that it has, like, an entertainment value of its own. So... Yeah, it's kind of insensitive and kind of funny just because the Ben folds. The next song is easily one of the, the stupidest songs on the album, but it also is even more depressing to listen to. Not because it's trying to be depressing, even though it is, but because the song actually had some potential to convey some interesting ideas and take on some, you know, more than interesting uh, uh you know, fictional narrative elements. It's called a uh, mama. 
uh, it's has this like awkward uh swingy like guitar intro that has some really dumb like like bomb noises going off which is like you know uh i guess some kind of mid early 19th century like world war joke um then some like weird circusy xylophone comes in which again is like a juxtaposition which i can usually get behind if it's done well but it just doesn't sound good and so i can't really claim that it's done well and then the song itself just turns on a dime into the same like boring samey shit that the whole album is it's just like a, a big guitars and the drums aren't doing much and the, the bass isn't doing much but gerard way sure is yelling a lot there's this um world war one imagery in the lyrics where he he talks about like you should have raised a, a daughter i should have been a better son he's talking about like being amputated coming back from the war so it's like a you know a world war one kind of thing and it's it's interesting but it just doesn't go anywhere like this is the only time they do anything like that going into like you know imagery regarding world war one which again could be really interesting and a rather uninteresting and honestly hard to listen to song but they just don't do anything with it after this and it goes into this bridge after that which is just a complete clusterfuck it's like take all the the kind of nonsense that the album has been displaying and turn it up to 11 and it just you know it sounds bad there's a, a, a lyric in here where they say uh all carry on which seems like a weird reference to uh welcome to the black parade which i'm skeptical of it's actually a reference because it doesn't really have any context i feel like they were just writing lyrics and wrote this one right after welcome to the black parade and then just like I don't know. They were burnt out on writing lyrics, so they just copied it. Uh, the ending actually becomes even more of an absolute clusterfuck than the bridge. And there's like the generic, it gets big, and then it gets down at the end. And there's this really stupid uh, string pluck. Like it's trying to be uh, cheeky and old-timey, but it just comes off as like contrived and stupid. After that is... Uh, probably my least favorite song on the album honestly which is sleep and the reason why it's my least favorite is is for much of the reason i really strongly dislike uh mama because it's such a missed opportunity like they introduce some interesting elements in the song and how the narrative is is, is presented but they don't do anything with those tools that they have in the presentation it just like doesn't go anywhere and the, the way this one does it is it starts with this this like this interesting recording which kind of just sounds like someone describing their their nightmares or like some kind of sleep paralysis thing and then it's just like immediately drowned out by piano and it just it, it sounds bad because the piano isn't very good it, it's super generic and it's just I, it was at this point in the album where I really started wondering if, if all the songs are, are just about the same thing and how I actually like thought there was some kind of, you know, uh, varied presentation and the, and the themes discussed in this album as a kid, but also, you know, I had bad taste then. So whatever the chorus isn't terrible because Gerard only has to sing like like three different notes throughout the whole thing, and I guess he's pretty good at not singing many notes. Uh, and I, even though it was kind of okay, I really started checking out during this song. I guess I started to fall asleep, haha. But it's it's super generic, and it, it again it just does the the 
gets really loud and then super quiet at the end. And it's like, I, I, I checked out during this one. It's one of the most harshly mediocre songs I, I think I've ever heard. And that's just because it could have been so much more and it just wasn't. So after the last few songs being super, you know, boring and, and low energy, we go to Teenagers, which is one of the most annoyingly energetic songs I think I have ever heard because it's just talking about being an edgy teenager and how all adults are squares and they just want to like make you stop having fun. It's talking about like, you know, uh, very, very admittedly, you know, uh, correct and, and, uh, uh, agreeable criticisms and social commentary of the American school system that albeit are ultimately really easy to make. And it just feels like the song is, you know, a 10 to 30 years too late in the kind of social commentary it is trying to make in the sense that like all of the stuff they're trying to say has already been said uh, over years and, and, and said in so many better ways than the song manages to. There's this really <laughs> campy, stupid cowbell in the middle of the song because uh, it's like trying to uh, parody like high school shit, I guess. And they do that a lot in the 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 music video where like they're singing on stage in front of a bunch of teenagers and they have all these these actresses just dressed up like cheerleaders and gas masks dancing around them. Like like just think of like like if uh that edgy kid in your in your math class in in, in you know eleventh grade were to watch high school musical and he were to be handed like a million dollars to remake it exactly how he wanted. <laughs> That's pretty much what the music video looks like. Uh, I I actually kind of like this song for another like very ironic reason, but an even more deeply ironic reason, because you you have to realize that this is a song written about how afraid adults are of teenagers and how cool and epic teenagers are for how hardcore you know their 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 attitude is, but the song is written by an adult. Like, everyone in My Chemical Romance is a grown man. <laughs> you have to wonder what kind of mindset they had to put themselves into, and if they ever realized that they are the people that they're calling lame in the song because they're all grown adults. <laughs> Another thing that I thought was funny about the song is that at the end of the music video, there's a... Uh, a nationalsave.com disclaimer that's saying violence is never the answer, and if you ever feel the need to act out, you should speak out. The next song on this album is, uh, again, it's like they, they use their last burst of energy here on, uh, on Teenagers, and they're right back to, like, really uh, boring, drab style uh, and, and disenchanted the the imagery isn't terrible at the beginning of the song. I remember thinking there was a music video to it, but was actually remembering like that's just how I was imagining what was being said in the song in my head. And so, you know, I can give some credence to that. This isn't the worst song I've ever heard. But it, it's <laughs> the chorus of it sounds weirdly self-conscious in a way that I can't really convince myself that it is actually self-conscious because uh they say 
<laughs> you're just a sad song with nothing to say, which is kind of how I feel about every single song on this album. And so if it is self-aware, I feel like they'd be kind of disavowing the quality of their own music and that doesn't seem likely. And so it just kind of left me confused, but amused. Uh, the song has some serious blink 182, like nothingness wherein the song has like a verse and the rest of it is basically just chorus which is fine in a blink 182 song like i miss you where the thing is like two and a half minutes long but this song is almost five minutes and it just gets so it's another song that i totally checked out on it was super boring but again not not offensive enough to really be you know something to rant about so yeah boring this last song famous last words was what I had taken to be the, the last song on the album for the longest time. And shockingly, I actually still like this song. The song is pretty pretty good. And I think it's because it strips away a lot of the the superficial uh, tacked-on elements, like the, the social commentary and all of the, the anime opening bullshit and all of the, like, oh, it gets big at the end and then gets really quiet because it's edgy. And, and I'll just like the, the, uh, it, it, it seems like the, the only song on the album that's actually self-aware. Gerard Way actually sings okay. Again, the song would still be better without him. But the video, I think, actually kind of exemplifies how much better this song is than everything else. Because all the other videos on this album are trying to be like very art housey and they're all trying to like, you know, be in black and white and again have like the black tear running down the cheek or like the the black parade where they're all dressed up in parade gear going through a some kind of like messy junkyard wasteland. This one, it's literally just there performing the song in front of a bunch of fire. <laughs> and it's fine. It's it's simple. And I, I actually like it. The lyrics aren't anything to, to celebrate or write home about, but they're also not as garbage as the lyrics in the rest of this song. And uh, you actually learn near the, the end here, right before the ending actually stays big instead of just getting really loud and then getting quiet again. The ending stays, it's, it stays big and it's consistently energetic. You learn that Gerard Way is actually a lot better at yelling than he is at singing. His yelling like doesn't make me want to stop listening to the album. It doesn't make me want to listen to something that, you know, has the same kind of uh, uh, thematic elements and stylistic elements that's just better. So yeah, again, actually good song on this album and one that I remember fondly and could probably see myself revisiting at some point, much more likely than any other song on this album. Now, in the last song, I, I said that I thought this was the last song on the album, and that's because the actual last song on this album is entitled Blood, and until I revisited this album today, I had never actually heard this song before and so i think it was probably like a bonus track or maybe like i i i had a version of the album that didn't have this on it but uh it, it's it's nothing special and i really really wish the album could have just ended with famous last words because at least it would have ended on a high note this song kind of just sounds like teenagers 2.0 because it has a bunch of uh a bunch of the same i i guess stylistic elements where it's uh talking about the same stuff like uh, adults are bad and teenagers are cool and edgy and it even has like the same music video essentially 
like they filmed it probably on the same location on the same day with the same actresses where the the guys from the band are just in a locker room and Gerard is singing the song while a bunch of <laughs> really bad actresses the same cheerleaders from the last one are 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 like dancing and flailing about around them but you didn't really notice it in teenagers because the camera cuts so much to the to the actors uh, uh in a in the mosh pit in front of the stage that they're performing on that you don't really notice the the cheerleaders all too much but in this one you like you really see just how poorly they were directed for this and so it it seems like a a disappointing yet you know disappointingly appropriate ending to such a unenjoyable album i man i I know exactly why I used to like this album. It's because of all the reasons I hate it now. It's it's bombastic. It's it's edgy. It's you know trying to be. It's trying to be on the the cutting edge of culture, but it never was. And I was just too much of a a disconnected loser to ever realize that this is you know really really played out stuff, even for the time that was written. If I had to give it a final score. I think this album would be a uh, four out of 10 and uh, pretty much just like a, a three for, for the instrumentals consistently throughout the album. And then an extra point just because it has famous last words, because that song is good. So uh, yeah, uh, four out of 10 seems fitting. <laughs>